Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of From Queers to Peers. In this episode, there are brief mentions of homophobia and suicide, so if those would be distressing to you, please feel free to skip ahead as usual. And now let's go straight to our episode on queer pop culture. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to uh, Youthline's new podcast. Um, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about pop culture. Thanks so much for joining us today, um, listeners. Um, this is going to be a fun podcast, actually. we got some really cool things to talk about, as long as like some pretty um, light and funny. <laughs> um, okay, I was wondering if you want to get into fandom spaces? Sure. Let's, yeah, let's start, let's start talking about maybe... Um our relationship with celebrities because I think that can lead into some other elements of fandom that we can Definitely. talk about later as well. Um, yeah, but that sounds good. Um, let's, I mean, we have various celebrities um, who have, uh, you know, who are, who are, you know, sort of iconic um, sort of celebrities to, to queer communities in particular. Um, one example is Elliot Page, um, who is amazing and, and has very publicly sort of, um, come out very recently. Um, and then you have um, some very interesting phenomenons where uh, where there are celebrities who have not really, quote unquote, come out in like specific explicit ways, um, mm-hmm. but are very much seen as queer icons and are mm-hmm. aligned with, um, quote unquote, um, queer visuals sometimes. Um, some recent examples might be um, Harry Styles. And mm-hmm. um, more recently, I think people have been questioning about um, Taylor, whether Taylor Swift is um, queer as well. And I just find that really, really interesting. One, in terms of the um, this clamoring for representation um, mm-hmm. within, w- within celebrity um, as like a concept, uh, but also this like constant questioning of people's identities, um, like in such a public space, um, yeah, and absolutely. wanting to connect to people that way in like some like very in- like very interesting dynamics and parasocial relationships with celebrities almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brittany Bursky and uh, Sarah Shadow they have this podcast called Violating Community Guidelines. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite, and their series finale went over the issues of parasocial relationships with. Um, specifically internet celebrities and it's because like their mm-hmm. life is so um yes. is like you you can watch like essentially like huge parts of their life you start to develop this relationship well this one-sided relationship with um your influencer with your celebrity um mm-hmm. and I think that definitely plays a part in the sense of like specifically if like if you're gay you may in a way like you may want to like force a connection like that Mm -hmm. gay connection with like the celebrity you look up to so then you start like fishing and looking around and seeing like oh maybe they're gay or like starting to create this Mm -hmm. like story in your head that they are because that's a way for Mm -hmm. you to feel close with them um but it comes to the issue of like when a celebrity maybe harry styles maybe taylor swift maybe tyler the creator Mm -hmm isn't comfortable coming out nor do they have to um Mm -hmm. and it's the fan bases who create these like conspiracy theories um or essentially like pressure the celebrity to come out um 
maybe like I'd, I'd go as far as to say like they're homophobic for not wanting to come out and not want to be mm-hmm. like representative of like the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think um, it's and we've seen sort of the real life ramifications of this, um, this kind of public pressure. Um, and uh, one example would be um, a recent very, very lovely, very heartwarming show called Heartstopper. If you haven't watched it, we totally recommend. Um, had Yeah, it, it's so lovely. We'd definitely check it out. Um, but it had one of its leads, um, who is in the central relationship of the show um, between two uh, high school boys. And, you know, there was this huge uprising of, oh, you know, um, and this ties to a kind of different issue, but the the idea that, you know, the person playing like this character um, who is gay, like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not right if they're not gay. And there were other people who were, you know, making sort of, um, you know, fan cams and like these different like analyses of these characters and being like, Oh, you know, I don't yeah. think they're like, yeah, I don't think they're straight and all of they that. And deep. then Kit Connor, <laughs> they go really deep. It's, it's yeah. a little creepy. It's, it's, it's insane. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but then, you know, the, one of the leads ended up being forced to come out and as 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 bi. And like, you know, he made this wow. very, very, you know, I, I believe he had an interview about it, but he also came, he did it in a tweet, um, said was like, great, you just, all of you just forced an 18 year old to come out publicly. Wow. And yeah. he kind of disappeared. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like this, this mutual understanding between, you know, yes, we're looking for representation, we're looking for more confirmation that, you know, this is okay, and to see ourselves represented by, by, on, like, by people who are, well, you know, in essence, like, adored or recognized or whatever, mm-hmm. but these kinds of parasocial, parasocial relationships and expectations and demands can be so dangerous, because these are people, um, I mean, celebrity, you know, is like a different kind of like in, in terms of like, you know, lifestyle or whatever. But these are, these yeah. are fundamentally people with their own yeah, identities, absolutely. their own lives, their own struggles. And and, you know, fan bases can get really, really intense about that and yeah. in not great ways. Yeah, um, it's, it's and, an invasion of privacy too. like the and the and it also almost comes like specifically the fan fiction almost comes across as like a fetishization, mm-hmm. a fetishization of oh, queer couples. Yes. Um, absolutely specifically like larry styleson which is harry styles <laughs> and uh louis do you know his last name no <laughs> it starts with a t is it tomlinson no Tom- tomlins tomlinson maybe maybe yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> as you can see we are big one direction fans we're gonna here. get absolutely roasted for not knowing <laughs> please spare us uh yeah. one direction fans i beg you um <laughs> So yeah, like yeah, like you were saying, Shri, like the video compilations of like them like mm-hmm. sitting beside each other on a couch, and like Harry Styles yeah. like might accidentally touch his knee, and everyone's <laughs> freaking the fuck out, like yeah. being like they're gay. Um, oh, it's so. Ugh. I yeah. can only assume that like makes them want to be even private about their friendship, or if anything, like even yeah. like ruin their friendship with each other. I, like that's I've heard, such an uncomfortable. I've heard. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've heard that. Like I've heard that the fandom for I don't know if it was One Direction or something. I think for one of them was one direction but like their friendship was like super affected by like these like interpretations of fans and like these yeah, demands and pressure from fans uh-huh really really gross and kind of like it just yeah i can't i can't imagine that kind of pressure yeah truly um 
and you know and it's 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 wild too because it's not like it, it's something that you know maybe not to the same extent it was as it was in like the heydays of like tumblr and like what 2014 2015 or whatever mm-hmm. but nowadays you know like i like a couple years ago maybe last year or something like that i heard like this whole like r- some someone was you know engaging this rumor about like one of the one directioners kids not being their real kid or something Jesus. um i know <laughs> and like you know like like these two one directioner one direction people were secretly together and like it was like like a fake scenario or something like that and i was like like this cannot be like a thing but it was it's- indeed a thing I I don't know. I'm conflicted between like One Direction fans like having such a love and affinity towards the band and the music, and then mm-hmm. like them almost crossing like some pathological line where like they actually think they know the like members of One Direction, um, yeah, or like feel like coming up with these like rumors or coming up with these ideas and stories like makes them feel closer to them. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, again, like, I like understand that feeling of, like, especially for people who are isolated and don't have community, like, I understand the need to to create community, like, in whatever form that is, but really, really, like, sort of harmful and, and um, invasive boundaries are crossed there. Yeah, that's a perfect transition into, like, what you mentioned in uh, the, our meeting earlier about the podcast. That's, like, if you are a member of the LGBTQ community and like you so desperately want a, like your favorite celebrity or be gay, why don't you just go find an influencer who is actually just out? Um, yeah, exactly. Go and support actual queer artists. Um, mm-hmm. Because like if, if that's what you want, then like that's the most beneficial thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like we have, like, huge, huge numbers, but we're certainly, there are certainly amazing creators out there, um, you know, who are very welcoming and, like, definitely have that, that understanding and, um, and that connection that, yeah. Love Kalani. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, yeah, it it is really important to, uh, um, to support your local queer artists or not even, like, to support a queer artist, um, especially considering, um, the lack of representation that we get, that the LGBTQ community gets, um, and it's specifically in film. So, like, I, I'm sure you can, um, I'm sure you guys know, like, the the time where, like, Scarlett Johansson played, like, what was supposed to be an Asian woman in a movie. Um, and it's, like, this is, like, a common issue in Hollywood specifically mm-hmm. where, you know, disabled characters or queer characters are played by actors who identify by like the opposite demographic, by able character, able men or able women, or you know straight men or females, um, or like uh, a character um, is played, it plays a trans woman or trans men, but they're not trans, they're cis. Um, so this is like a an issue that like I think we should really look into, and then also like hold um, producers in Hollywood or or a celebrity specifically who do this accountable for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What do we mean by non-Western lenses? Oh, did you want to say something about um, that? Oh, yeah. Um, sure. I can say, um, like, I'll, I'll speak from, like, Bollywood, which is kind of more more of what I'm familiar with. There's some amazing independent, you know, movies and, and creators that really contend with queerness in, like, very interesting, complex ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, there also are very, like, you know, like, sometimes, like, there, like there's still sort of... Um, 
regressive like ideas and sort mm-hmm. of harmful stereotypes around like mm-hmm. um queer stories and queer characters mm-hmm. um but you know it, it's, it's definitely like progressing um you know catching up like or like you know getting there like however slowly um but it's interesting to like think about this whole idea of like pop culture and like, representation and all of these things and recognize you know, like we're coming from like a very Western lens in terms of analyzing this and talking about this um, mm-hmm. when the the way um, queer people in from other, you know, non-Western cultures um, with different kinds of media representations and tropes and things like that um, in different situations with regards to how accepted queerness is, um, they're coming from like completely different perspectives um, and you know, they might have access to, like, Western media and things like that, but fundamentally, like, pop culture is very different, and, you know, so that's something kind of interesting to consider. Are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. I don't think I am. I, I like, I don't go on it enough because I know I'll get sucked into it, so I'll go on yeah. there, like, every once oh, yeah. in, like, every, like, three weeks or something, so wow. I am not with it, I guess. So please that's educate self-control. me. control I waste like hours of, of my life on it every single day. It's, it's sickening. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also like spent so much time on it that I've been able to like concept this theory that I have. Um, so I'll give you a little background. So basically, okay. on lesbian TikTok, there are like different categories of types of lesbians, which is like it's outside of TikTok, but it's like it's like literally like subcategoried by hashtag at this point okay so there's like the cottagecore lesbians and like they're more of Mm -hmm. like the wear a white like cloth dress and like live in a cottage and like love cows and like fluttering in their hair yeah fluttering in their hair (laughs) they have like one of those fedora hats and like love cows and like are probably vegan um (laughs) and then there's like stems i'm sure you know what stems are there's femmes um there's and then there's the famous hey mamas um and I just want to preface this um, by saying that I'm not a Hey Mama. I'm a Hey Mama supporter. I'm not a Hey Mama hater, which is like, so they've essentially been like absolutely crucified by the lesbian community, mm. some for good reason. So like they're the Hey Mamas are essentially like the straight version of fuckboys. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they're like, you know, stereotyped to be um players they like to play women um they like to sleep with lots of girls and be toxic um and then they usually have a consistent types of like outfits so like the hey mamas are like known to wear like a nike sports bra some track pants and like uh, a hair in their hair in a top bun um, maybe some type of like bandana going on too and then um they also love to send shirtless pictures of their apps that's like the mm-hmm. best that's like the like hey mama boss would essentially be like exactly that maybe like a diamond earring too mm-hmm. um so yes so they've been like heavily criticized um some for good reason i feel like accountability again like we said the key word mm-hmm. um you know it's not it, like it's never okay to treat people like shit um especially your mm-hmm. partners um but i just want to say like i think some of this criticism is rooted in homophobia um mm-hmm. because like y- y- essentially like there is no other there is no type of criticism like this that for like any other type of subcategory of lesbians like on tiktok for example um and i have a feeling a lot of this is rooted in the fact that hey mamas 
typically dress like men. They are they don't uh you know portray the idealized femininity that we expect from women. Um and like obviously there are some cringy people, but I think like this idea that like we don't find these like you know stem or like butch women attractive anymore like we shouldn't accept them in our society is it's partly um because of like those heteronormative ideals like invading this community um Mm -hmm. there should be like a level of respect for any type of lesbian or any type of like style um Mm -hmm. especially when it's masculine because those are the ones that are being um sort of targeted by like the outside society and like i just want to say like i know it's like common so there's like these astrology women like astrology Mm -hmm. lesbians and like they're known for like having like an obsession with astrology so like well essentially like if you if if they're like a i don't know a gemini and they're talking Mm -hmm. to you and you say that you're a scorpio they'll like ghost you because they'll be like no i'm not dealing with any type of scorpios and like Mm -hmm. arguably there's a level of like toxicity within that too and like i know like people joke that like they're also toxic on tiktok but they don't Mm -hmm. receive the level of criticism that hey mamas do and mm-hmm. I think it's because astrology women are typically feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like more widely accepted. Um, so yeah, that's like kind of my hot take. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I can I can definitely like understand that. Like you know you you obviously know that like sort of like butches and like butch culture and like you know they, they definitely face I feel like a lot more scrutiny and definitely. less support um and I, I can definitely understand that 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 it might be rooted in homophobia for sure 100 percent um I've had this conversation like countless times with my girlfriend too <laughs> I think she thinks it's hilarious but I'm so passionate about this yeah no I, yeah no I definitely yeah no it definitely like sounds like something to talk about for sure um, um, I'm gonna just really quickly ask a question. When you say STEM, is that like, can you can you like really quickly elaborate what that is? Yeah, yeah. STEM is like um, when you're sort of like a mix between feminine and masculine. Like, like mm. I, for example, like I'm a STEM. Like I, I like to wear guy clothes, but I also do like a full face of makeup and like do my hair. Yeah. Or like I'll wear you know hoop earrings and like dress in a cute clothes if I'm going to like yeah. the club. Mm-hmm. Um, is it so, like? like an like a portmanteau of two words i'm guessing m is the sam part yeah stud and oh sorry yeah stud and femme okay so like a um, stud is like kind of like a hey mamas and then a femme is obviously like you know yeah. a lesbian who dresses feminine yeah i'm just it's kind of interesting just like thinking about that and going back to the whole like um thing around and i i'm not again i'm not completely like sure like read up on this part specifically but like isn't like stud also something specifically for like black lesbians i'm not oh good question i think it it might be yeah but i'm not really sure i definitely remember reading an article like last year or the year before yeah that was around tiktok specifically in like tiktok Uh terminology but anyway that was just like an introduction because i remember that specifically but we are her.com says Stud lesbian is used predominantly by Black or Latinx butches, but unfortunately has been appropriated by white butches on TikTok. Okay. Oh, kind of on brand. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel like it was like the distinction was like stud specifically for like Black women and then butch was used for not, I guess. But totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Wow, so much learning happening right now. So much learning. Okay, so 
Um, I think let's let's like head into our our most fun topic of the night. Well, okay, actually, you know what? Actually, I, I take that back. Maybe this is not the most fun. Are dead but, lesbians um, funny to you? No. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the state of, of, of um, I guess, queer media right now. Sucks yeah. so much, but. It's um, so ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's so tragic. Um, yeah. Truly. You know, like, we, I mean, you know, we're, we have lots of, like, I mean, we're great to be, you know, in a time with, like, 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 more normalized, you know, queer characters and all of that. But, you know, even, like, five five years ago or like you know five to ten years ago that was not the case and like I think many of you have probably heard of the barrier gaze trope um that has been the case and you know sometimes is still the case um I'm thinking of killing Eve uh shit I I, I, spoiler alert for killing Eve um wait have you seen killing Eve Raquel no I don't know what that is oh oh my okay Hmm, how much should I say do you mind being spoiled for killing Eve I'll do. I'll sacrifice for the sake of okay. the podcast. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay. okay. Well, yeah. Um, so essentially, Killing Eve is this wonderful, formerly wonderful until the last episode. Um, the uh, you know, relationship between this one, like I guess, assassin, assassin person, um, um, and named Villanelle and um, uh, Sandra O oh as um, Eve, who is I can't remember what organization she was with. I like, love Sandra yeah. O. Oh. FBI, I know, right? Amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> um, it was like the CIA or the FBI, maybe somewhere British. I can't remember exactly. But it's like this cat and mouse game between Bill Nell and Eve. Uh-huh. And, oh, God, I, like, I'm still so goddamn sad thinking about it. But, like, the ending, you know, where they, they go through all of their ups and downs and character development. And the last episode, they are finally able to be together and, like, on a journey towards happiness. And you see so many moments of domesticity and like them like just like enjoying being in each other's company and looking forward to their future together. And then the last like two minutes of the episode, Villanelle is killed. And that's how it ends. Um, the entire series. It's insane. So I, I can like resonate with that for sure. Yeah. And like we're not talking. OK, like obviously it's not great that this took kind of stuff was super common like five or ten years ago. But we're talking something that ended like maybe last year, maybe two years ago. And that was seen as, like, something okay. And, like, the showrunner was like, oh, I'm so, like, enlightened for doing this, you know, because it's about Eve's final journey. And, like, I was like, ugh. But, yeah. And, like, that is devastating. Um, And we've seen so many examples of shows doing this. Um, The Magicians did this with, I think, their main couple. Um, The 100. The the 100 was one of the biggest examples with Klexa. Klexa, R.A.P. Yeah, I was abs- I was 15 year old me was devastated when I found about that. <laughs> I was absolutely devastated. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a it was a rough time. Um Trauma. and yeah, and it's just it sucks that like this is so common and like you see these all of these things about I'm trying to think what was the um you know, I'm thinking about like this is not exactly like media like 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 maybe not maybe mainstream media but like there's this one anime called yuri on ice um i don't know if you've heard of it raquel nope okay well it's basically um a very very like 
it got really big in like skating like fandom but look also skating and like real life skaters were also like really hyped about this series and it's about features two skaters who are like very clearly like progressing in like a romantic relationship um and you know i just remember like being one of these people watching and being like no way like you know people were kept theorizing like no way this is not meant to be like romantic like you know like he's like this maybe like one of them is going to get killed in the next episode or one of them is like you know leading them on or like cheating or whatever and like I've seen this with a bunch of different shows where it's like so many fans get so like excited but are always so reserved in that joy um, yeah I always like like, make sure I don't get too into it anymore like also I'm older now so like I I don't really have that problem but I feel like for youth too like you have to be careful Mm -hmm. like when there's a lesbian or like a gay couple in the show because like Mm -hmm. chances are they might end up dying or like they're just gonna end up straight exactly and it's like you know like that sucks and that's like really heartbreaking for people when especially when they're trying to come into themselves and every single thing that they're watching is showing unhappy endings or tragic endings for those characters um so you know things are better generally speaking generally um, speaking yeah generally speaking um, um but then i'm also sorry go that's okay i, I just want to say like there's this movie called lost and delirious um if anyone mm. has seen it uh i don't know if i would recommend it but it was like <laughs> like kind of like one of the only accessible like lesbian movies i had like growing up as a teenager so i was like okay why mm-hmm. not like i didn't really know that like the, what the movie was about i was just like great lesbians i'll watch it so i like turned it on i think i'm like 16 15 and spoiler but this movie's from like 20 years ago so if you haven't watched it already like too bad um the main character or like the love interest of the main character like ends up trigger warning um committing suicide uh because Mm. of the fact that like i think her parents wouldn't accept her or like the school the boarding school that she went to wouldn't accept her Mm. or like the girl that she fell in love with like also like didn't want to like you know show it Mm -hmm. back to her um and and like while I know like that is that can be the reality for you know a lot of unfortunate reality of like a lot of like LGBTQ communities or like members of communities um it was jarring it was jarring to me and it made Mm -hmm. me almost feel like that would be like the only way I could come out like there was no way for me to come out and express my love because like I would be reprimanded by my teachers I would be reprimanded by my parents um the person I would be interested wouldn't love me back and like what else would I have you know Mm -hmm. so it was it was drawing it was like almost traumatic watching um and like I think that's why it's so important to just have like casual representation, especially like LGBTQ mm-hmm. representation in TV shows or movies. And like, why can't they ever just be like a simple rom com? Like, why yeah. why does it always have to have this like death trope or this like yeah. straight married trope? It's, it, it's or like just like misery when coming out. Yeah, like you know, just like or the fact that it's some... just even about coming out. Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm over it. Like, I did it. Over. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yes. I just want to see a movie with some cute, like, girls in it that are, like, in love. Or, like, I don't know. And, like, you know, they're, like, fighting, like, I don't know, they're, like, fighting aliens in space. Or, like, going on fantasy (laughs) adventures and stuff. That's great. And, you know, like, they're they're definitely coming out. But then there's something else that I want to bring up, which is the Netflix cancellations after two seasons thing that's, like, starting to spread to, like, a bunch of other industries. Yeah, I just Um, saw that on trending on Twitter. Yeah, like, you see that on, like, First Kill, with First Kill you see that or like you know or you see that with what was that a warrior nun was like canceled recently yeah and um, it has really great reviews on rotten tomatoes too yeah, so like doesn't right? make sense that how it got canceled 
Yeah, and like, but you see like a trend with like so many, um, and I will say like like a lot of like um, specifically like you know like sapphic ships or like like other kinds of representation as well specifically. But you do see a lot of these like queer media just like getting cut, and it's like, yeah, not. It's, I mean, you're, I guess, I don't know, is it an improvement to move from barrier gaze to just straight up being canceled? I don't know. Just being like, sorry, you can't even be on the screen anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's the problem with equating social justice and capitalism. Like, mm-hmm. no matter so what true. we think, corporations' main uh, objective is to profit. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if that, like, requires... Mm-hmm. Um, the oppression of or lack of representation of queer people, of disabled people, of people of color who they don't care. They all they want to do yeah. basically is to make as much money as they can. And if it's profitable for them to be, you know, like PC and to like represent gay people in their films for specifically Netflix, then they'll do it. But if it ends up not, then mm-hmm. they don't care. And um, mm-hmm. that's tough. That's that's tough to yeah. to swallow. Yeah. Um, and this is. Um, you know, I'm also going to go back to a point you said about like the, like the stuff about coming out and like the the happy stories and all of that. And like I agree because like that those are the kinds of stories that I want too. Um, but again, sort of bringing in that like other lens of like you know what is what other sort of countries and like cultures have access to in terms of media. Um, that you know those those stories are still meaningful and really powerful um, as well. And I'm specifically thinking Definitely. about this yeah. one I was Bollywood just movie. Oh, no, no, I, I, no, I, I agree. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, like, you know, sometimes it's just like, I want to turn my brain off and just like, enjoy this thing without like thinking about all of these other things. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like thinking, uh, because I just wanted to bring up like this example of um, this one Bollywood movie that came out like, two years ago, maybe. Um, and it's basically about like this woman, like, you know, in this in like this village in India, like realizing um that she likes girls um and it's just supposed to be like sort of comedy drama thing where like she basically has like someone she's supposed to get engaged to but who finds out and like acts like a beard for her and tries to get her and her actual girlfriend together and stuff like that um and it dealt a lot with like those family dynamics and the trauma of coming out and things like that um and that you know I was like super over like those you know like well, not over but like you know like I wanted to see more than just the coming out stuff and things like yeah. that but like yeah it can be exhausting. from the like yeah but like in that sort of cultural element like of seeing that something like of like a story very close to my own like that was meaningful and like really really affecting for me mm-hmm. um, absolutely so like yeah so like different like thinking about those different experiences people have that you know like inform like multiple elements of their identities um mm-hmm. It's interesting to think of like the kinds of stories and the ways these stories are presented that might, you know, that might be like really important to them in that way. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so yes, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening us, listening to us ramble about different pop culture things for like however long this episode will end up being. Um and we will have um, several more episodes coming out of this podcast, pun intended. Sorry, I, I, sh- I, I just wanted to say that. Um, and we will, um, yeah, we, we hope to connect with you all then. Yeah, totally. We hope you like uh, also, you know, inspired some thought or like inspired mm-hmm. some like critical analysis of like the media that you're consuming. Um, 
because that's an important aspect of her life, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, From Peers to Queers, created by and for 2S LGBTQ youth. This project is brought to you by the LGBT Youth Lines Provincial Youth Ambassador Program. If you or someone you know is looking for community support, check out our peer support helpline over at youthline.ca. Our website has a chat service, or you can send us a text at 647-694-4275.